0: Hello Switched On crew, Dan here with today's signals around fear gives you an opportunity to discover something different and to learn and to grow. Jacqueline Wells, an author of The Fearless Factor, Speaker and More. A great quote from Jacqueline in the episode, stay curious, it's a game of change. Come join us and enjoy the show. everybody. Welcome. Today, we have Jacqueline Wales with us. Jacqueline is an acclaimed author, coach, and inspirational speaker. We're excited to have Jacqueline with us. And Jacqueline, if you could give us a bit more on your bio, that would be great.
1: Well, I thank you for being here, Dan. It's nice to talk to you. Um, I've been in, in this business of being fearless for over 35 years at this point. And it started clearly with myself and uh, learning how to get past my own fears, my own insecurities, my lack of confidence, so on and so forth. And over the years, uh, discovered a great many things about what it is to truly be fearless, to have the courage to take the next step and uh, move beyond the places that that I kind of held myself back. I, I've been a writer. As you know, I've written three books. Um, I have also been a professionally trained singer, and I was a cantor for synagogues in Paris and Amsterdam for about five years. I've spent a great m- many years uh, kind of honing the, the craft of, of really stepping into being fearless and, and bringing your whole self out to to the world. Uh, I started my own business back in my 50s. Uh, So this was... This was a big deal because up until then, I traveled the world. I'd raised my kids. I'd done all kinds of other things, including getting a black belt in, in karate <laughs> when I was on my 49th birthday. Um, so, you know, there, there was a lot going on during those years. But uh, the 50s was really an interesting time for me because I started to, to turn around into how can I create a proper career Um, whatever that was supposed to mean. So I've been at this game for about 15 years now, and I say this game because it's the game of change, Um, and it's about helping people truly become the best version of themselves, uh, which means looking at at a lot of what's holding you back from stepping into the limelight and really taking your your whole authority or ownership of yourself. And that's kind of, you know, in in a very potted version of what I've been doing for, for quite some time now for several decades.
0: Yeah. I love that statement of the uh, game of change because it is, if you look at it as a game and you really relish the, the change, it's exciting and it's really fun to feel yourself in that uh, pattern.
1: And I think if, if more people could understand that, I mean, I love change simply because everything about my life has been continual change. And let's face it, the only guarantee in life we have is change.
0: You yeah. know,
1: we, we talked earlier about the uncertainty that exists in today's world, and, and it's very real for a lot of reasons. But we also have to look at our mental states, our mindset, in terms of how we are addressing that uncertainty. Um, but the issue of change for me, I heard it said one time that fear was the sharp edge of excitement. And when I heard that expression, I was like, that's why I've been living on an edge all my life. <laughs> you know, It's like you're challenging yourself to see what you can do. You know, yeah. it's like if somebody says to me, you can't do it. I have an attitude that says, watch me. You know, I mean, that's that's been a big driver in my life. You know, tell me I can't do it and I'll tell you, watch me. Um so there's that kind of you know under your chin, you know, the (laughs) figures, the Italian sign, you know, there it is. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The the, um yeah, you know, early on, I, I can't remember who I read this from, but they explained it in a really simple thing that really resonated with me was if you fix your belief in one, you know, you fix it, and then everything else is making progress and moving, that fixed belief will cause you to uh, atrophy because you're not moving with everything else that's in a a state of progress. And it really hit me that, wow, you know, so many of us fix these beliefs, but then everything else is moving and it doesn't work.
1: Well, this is based on Carol Dweck's uh, book, Mindset, which you, you probably come across. But Carol Dweck was a, a sociologist and, and uh, probably got more to her title than that. But she talks about the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. And if you're in a fixed mindset, it's about, well, I know what I know, and it is what it is. That's primarily what a fixed mindset does. Yeah, Whereas yeah. a growth mindset is, I know what I know, but I know there's something more you know, and it is what it is, but I know I can do something different. So, you know, that that's a piece, I think I'm very definitely growth minded, you're clearly growth minded as well. But for those who are stuck in that fixed mindset, it is an atrophy, I like to say I have three keywords, learn, grow and achieve. And if you're not growing, you're atrophying, you're actually dying, right? Because if you're an organic being, which we all are, You've got to be feeding the the organism, and if you're not feeding that organism by embracing the changes, by stepping into that place of showing courage to take the next step, then you're you're failing along the way as a as a human being. and, And frankly, you know, so you're missing. And I I would say I would even back that up and say you're missing a tremendous amount of adventure, number one. And you and I know about adventure. We've set ourselves out on adventures many times. Um, And you're also missing that there's so much more that you can get out of living your life. Yeah. That I think, you know, Henry James said many, many centuries ago, it seems like now people live lives of quiet desperation. Um, I think that that's true for far too many people frankly and i find that very sad i yeah.
0: do yeah yeah it is um i love uh, your reference to back in history cuz uh, i even see all the books behind you there and i get jealous cuz i i love reading and i love reading back in in time cuz it's amazing the wisdom and insight that's there and also that the pattern is repeating. They were dealing with a lot of the same things over and over. That we all think are new and original uh, art. And there's nothing original in the world. I, I
1: guarantee you. You know, <laughs> I have a, an original way of framing something, but it's not an original concept. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly historically, I took a degree in history many years ago, and uh, I specialized in looking at heresy. Because uh, back then I considered myself to be a bit of a renegade. So the idea of heresy really, uh, and, you know, it excited me. And this is like 12th, 13th century history, you know. But uh, the whole idea of stepping outside of the norms of, of what society is all about or whatever the structure is, you know, is, is always, again, that growth piece of, you know, how do you challenge where you are right now challenge yourself yeah to say you know what do i need to do to take that next step what do i need to do or think or or be in order for me to be uh you know to to feel like life is far more fulfilling um and not live that life of quiet desperation we don't have to settle is what i'm saying here nobody needs to settle but too many people do
0: yeah you know, in your, as before the show, and I was reading some of the things that you've written, I wrote down one of the things that I was laughed when I read it, which was, you're fascinated by the messiness of being human. And I, I actually want to hear you talk for a second on that, because I really enjoyed the, the fun and, and, and interesting perspective of that.
1: Well, I think, you know, the messiness of being human, let's, let's get real here. We're all messy human beings. You know? <laughs> We're all imperfect. We're all inconsistent. We're all, you know, there's, there's a lot of shades and, and it's not shades of gray, by the way, but there's a lot of shades in, in we, you know, as a human being, um, I grew up in a very, very messy family, um, alcoholism, violence, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, That's the extreme of the messiness of being human. And these were deeply dysfunctional human beings who were really embroiled in their despair and their disappointment and frustration of what life had to offer. Working class people didn't get much of an education, uh, but tremendous, as I said, disappointment, frustration, resentment, all of that stuff boiling over onto the children of the family and, you know, generations of that stuff. But I became an astute observer of human behavior as a result of that. I would watch people and I would watch what they were doing and I would try to figure out what they were thinking and where they were going, because that was a big piece of staying safe. And then of course, you know, as I grew older, I became a bit of a control freak because control is all about, I need to create safety. So if I know exactly where everything's at, I'm okay. You know, and that's really what that's founded upon. And it took me a lot of years to figure that one out. And I drove a lot of people crazy because of it. And I'm sure that some people listening to this could, you know, are you a control freak? Uh, Yes, I am. Well, why, you know? And again, it's that safety issue that that comes in. So being an, an observer of human behavior, knowing that it's messy, knowing that we can change that messiness, that's why I love the the messiness of, of humanity because frankly, I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't love messiness because that's what happens when people show up at my door. It's like, yeah, I'm a bit stuck or I'm a bit trying to figure out where I'm going next. Okay, so let's dig in. Let's find out. Yeah,
0: No, it is, um, it is messy. And um, again, when you go back to that uh, game of change and the, the courage to question uh you you do tend to learn to relish in it and 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 no it's just another expression it's another part of the the process so I really yeah I mean it. you know I've been listening um,
1: recently to another uh, one that I, series had,
0: oh, go ahead
1: sorry I was just going to say that messiness if we, if we take the the analogy of music Jazz music, for instance. I've been listening to the the whole series on jazz by Ken Burns recently. The number of phenomenal genius musicians who succumbed to drugs and alcohol and ended their lives early. And yet all this music was created and the brilliance of this music, which is now a legacy in in effect. But when you listen to the, the, the music, and it's, it's not always a clear through line on a melody. And that's life. There is no through line on a melody of life. There's discordancy. There's dissonance. There's all kinds of disconnects that go on. That plays into the messiness too. Yeah. And uh, how do we get real with that? That's that's the question. How do you yeah. get real with that?
0: Yeah. And, you know, in in... A couple of things I'd written down. One was you, you talked about how to move from fearful to fearless, and in there, uh, there's there's some answers to the the question. So I'd love to have you talked a little bit about how to move from fearful to fearless.
1: So being fearful is is a mind game, and you know I call it the yada yada radio, <laughs> and you need to change the yada yada radio, switch channels. Now, not easy to do because, again, it's tied into what's your belief systems? What are your assumptions? Where are the areas that you presume that if you think this way, that's actually the reality of it? And the big question for me on fear is, is it true? Do you have empirical evidence that this thing will actually happen or this thing is actually real for you? Nine times out of 10, you're going to get the answer, uh, no, I don't think it is. You know, Underlying a lot of fear is the fear that I'm not good enough. So what happens is you're constantly out there trying to prove yourself or you're constantly looking for approval from other people. Or you keep your head down because you don't want to rock the boat too far. You know, and there's, there's all kinds of behaviors. And I do work in behavioral assessments. So I look at behavioral styles. I look at the the granular stuff of what behavior is all about. And I guarantee you that nine times out of 10, when you're looking at a behavior that's not working for you, fear is at the bottom of it. And that fear is always going to come back to, I'm not good enough. So, when you ask yourself that question, am I good enough? Nine times out of 10, you're going to say, well, of course I am. Because who wants to say, no, I really am a waste, useless piece of, you know, whatever. Um, so if you really truly believe that, then what is it that's getting in the way? So again, question your assumptions, question your belief systems, look into it, reflect on it, ask yourself some hard questions, to that deep dive, and then take the next step. The courage is what it takes to be fearless because that's all it is. Take the next step. I mean, I'm asked this question all the time. What is it about being fearless? Simply take the next step. I'm not asking you to, you know, go climb Mount Everest. I'm just asking you to take the next step and then take the next step and then take the next step. See where it gets you. This is what my T-shirt says. Be fearless. See where it gets you. That's the tagline for the business. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: it's um it's great to hear you talk about the questioning cuz there's a couple of simple questions that I've gone through in business meetings or in life and I ask a couple of really simple ones. I ask one that says, "Hey, look, is this something you think you know or is this something you know?" If somebody's presenting me information, Trying to get a baseline of okay, what am what am I really being told here? <laughs> and then my next question I always ask is, what more do I need to know to be able to form an opinion? What's missing? What are the what what are the gaps that need to be filled? And if I just get through those two simple things, I get a, so much closer to having you know real information that I can start to deal with. But.
1: Well, these are, these are brilliant questions, you know, because, you know, that first one is, do you, is this what you think, or is this what you know, um, becomes the critical piece right there. Yeah. If people are being honest, they'll say, well, it's what I think. Okay. So again, do you have any evidence for this? Right. Um, No. I just think that that's the way it is. Okay, great. So how's that working for you so far? (laughs) You know? And then your second piece about, you know, what are the missing pieces here and, and being able to dive into that um, and then being able to put those things together. It's astonishing how simple it is. And yet the simple stuff is what's the hardest for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it takes courage to step back and really stand in that space of saying, OK, I'm un- I'm I'm comfortable in not knowing it's OK. And so, let me...
1: so this is to the point of what I tell my clients when they first start working with me, I'll say to them, get comfortable being uncomfortable <laughs> because that is the nature of change. Yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable because you're going to be pushing against these barriers that you've created for yourself. And so, you know, what does that look like when you can put that aside and, and be more of who you would like to be? Because yeah, everybody yeah. has this, this image of who I'd like to be in the world. So what does it take? More confidence, more credibility, more ability to step up and take ownership of your bullshit, frankly, and, uh, you know, keep yourself moving forward big time.
0: Yeah. Ownership, uh, ownership of your bullshit, as you said, is is very important uh, for all of us. And oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> You know, another thing that I wanted to make sure we touched on was, um, you have a statement about developing fearless leaders. And I think um, whether it's in your business, in your family, in your own day-to-day leadership of your own life, developing this fearlessness has never been more important than in what we're all being confronted with today. So uh, what are a couple of things you could share around that, you know, thought process for everybody?
1: Well, I like to say we're leaders of our own lives. That's, that's number one. You just pointed to that. You know, it's whether it's your family or whether it's in your organization, but mostly you're a leader of yourself. Um, so you need to be able to show up as honestly as you can. Self-awareness is number one. It's one of the things I write about in my book, The Fearless Factor at Work. It's really important as a leader, as an individual, that you really understand your strengths, your weaknesses, your blind spots. Be willing to take the deep dive into that in order to figure out what that means for you. Now, there's lots of assessments out there. There's lots of tools and apps and so forth that can help you start to identify that. But as a leader, once you start to identify those areas, then you've got something to work on. You've got a framework. So I think that's, that's a big piece for me on being a fearless leader. Fearlessly look at yourself first. Yeah. Before you're out there trying to tell somebody else what to do, take a good look at yourself. And people will mirror back to you quite easily, you know, where you're, you're off the rails, shall we say, where you're, you know your bullshit is showing up. Yeah. Are you willing to take that step back and admit that you don't know everything? That's a big piece for a lot of leaders. They want to presume that they know everything, and therefore they're out there giving instructions. And there's so much bad leadership out there, frankly. We saw it in our government <laughs> just recently.
0: Every, every uh, day, almost. It, it's,
1: it's very narcissistic, but uh, you know, that's the extreme end of it. But the point being is that you as an individual have to take the control, the ownership, the authority over your own life first and foremost before you even begin to take authority over someone else's. Yeah. And that I think is a big piece about being a fearless leader.
0: Yeah. You know, um, in the last startup, I was in the ownership thing became all too real for me at one stage when we were scaling and we were probably 80 people at that point, but my, my, performance was letting down the whole company because I was taking sometimes two or three days to get back to people who had sent me emails or asked questions or needed guidance. And I was failing them because I'm letting them hang. And literally one weekend, I sat back and recreated my entire process and said, okay, no more of this. I can't be the bottleneck. I cannot let these people dangle for two days waiting. So I I created a whole new process. I said, look, if you get me something by, you know, end of day today, by tomorrow morning at nine, you'll have an answer. So that way I wasn't the bottleneck anymore. And they began to trust that and they could count on it. And then all of a sudden, everything started working so much better in the company because I, everyone knew how to get an answer and they knew they would, and they could count on it. And that freed them up to then operate at a much higher pitch and it was it was amazing it was a hard it was a one of those self-reflective deep moments to to gut that one out but it was the right thing to do
1: yeah i think that one of the biggest challenges and i see this in a lot of the managers that i coach uh, is that communication skills are lacking um, they don't have a system. and they also don't know how to have the conversations with people to really get down to what what's important for them. Uh, so for instance, if you' you're in a feedback situation, you know something's not going right, rather than lead with the things that went wrong, you know, get some feed, get some input from the other person, find out where they feel their challenges are create psychological safety. There's an awful lot of, you know, buzz around that issue, but psychological safety is removing the fear quotient within an environment, especially in the workplace where people can feel like they're safe to say what they need to say and and respect those around them, which is, is really a big piece. And I teach people not to tell, but to ask. Let's ask the questions again. Very, very important. But you asked them of yourself and and you found the answers, which was, yeah, I need to be a better communicator.
0: Yeah. That's what it came down to. Yeah. Like we talked earlier, man, there was a long list of things that I had to, you know, I had to fix. And that was, that was one, one small moment, but there was many, many other.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: But... um, you know, time flies, you know, we could talk, I know it seems like you and I could probably talk for hours and hours and uh, hopefully we'll have more chance to do it because a lot of similarities and thought processes, but uh, a couple of questions I always uh, like each uh, guest to go through is one is um, if people were to take away one thing from this, from you, uh, what would you want it to be? What would you want them to kind of use in their everyday life or take away?
1: Ask yourself more questions. <laughs>
0: you
1: know? I mean, that really is, after everything we've just said today, challenge yourself. And by challenging yourself, you're basically saying, if I think this way, is this real? Is this how I really want to be? So challenge yourself to think differently. You know, I mean, I hate to sound like I'm doing a, an Apple ad ad here, but Thinking differently is really what it's all about. And that means question your reality. You know, do I have the evidence? Is this real? Um, And then really take the the time to dive in and see what happens. So if that's that's the one thing, it has to do with your thinking. It starts with your thinking. And your behavior follows your thinking. So start there.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a fabulous guidepost for all of us. And. Um one thing that I had to realize in the in the questioning mentality was I think I you know earlier on I used to have a misconception that questioning was really about bigger things. You know, like I like question only really dive into big things and, and I've really realized that man, you know, it's it's everything. It's you know it's
1: everything. and you know, here's, here's what what is tied into and we, we we kind of I've touched upon it. The word curiosity. Stay curious. That's what I would say. Stay curious about everything that you're doing in your life. You know, is it working for you? Is it not working for you? And if it's not working for you, how could you do it differently? Stay curious. As children, we're incredibly curious. We ask tons of questions. As adults, it it drops by a magnitude of of questions that we ask ourselves on a daily basis, you know. Um, We get into automatic pilot. And so again, be mindful. Are you an automatic pilot? Are you actually taking some time to think about it? So stay curious, stay open and see what happens, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, stay curious, I like that. I wrote that one down. I'm gonna use that as my mantra for the rest of the week uh, and make sure I'm focused on that. Um, The the last question is the cauliflower moment, and it's a moment of a belief that you questioned um, and you found out uh, that uh, you had been one way and that maybe perhaps you should be thinking of something a a, a bit different. What jumps out at you when you get down that thought process?
1: There's, There's a lot that I could point to, but I think, you know, I mentioned earlier the fear of not being good enough. Um, I carried that fear for a long time that I wasn't good enough. Uh, and so I would, would constantly try to prove that I really was good enough. I mentioned earlier about, you know, the attitude of, you know, you tell me I can't do it, I'll, I'll show you. Uh, but that I'll show you was very much tied into that sense of uh, not being good enough. Um, so when I found that I, indeed I was good enough, The next question was, when are you going to stop playing small? Um, Because, you know, I would, doing what I'm doing, not taking full ownership of it. And when I took full ownership of it, it exploded It exploded. And uh, I now no longer have any kind of hesitation about stating what I think about all this stuff. And My attitude is, if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't work for you, you know, opinions and expectations or opinions and and comments, you're free to accept them or reject them. I don't really care. (laughs) That was a big cauliflower moment right there. I don't care. It doesn't mean I don't care care. But what it means is I'm not hanging myself up by worrying about what other people are thinking. Because as I tell my clients, what other people are thinking is none of your business because you can't get inside their heads. And too many times we spend a lot of time thinking about what other people's heads are doing. Stop
0: it. Yeah, you know, boy, that not good enough demon is one that I had to do a lot of unpacking on (laughs) of of excess baggage, Uh, uh, and I'm still, confronted with things that you know come up and you're like where
1: where, where did that come from you know self doubt self doubt is always something that we will all struggle with at some point you know there's very few people who walk through life confidently knowing everything's great You know, you're going to be met with circumstances that question, you know, am I capable of doing this? You know, can I can I really tackle this challenge? Um, Well, you won't know until you try. Right. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. But when we can step out of that, I'm not good enough piece, which frankly was planted by somebody else. Yeah. You got it in your family of origin. I got it in my family of origin. It stuck to me for a long time. So proving to yourself that you really are good enough, that you're a decent human being, that you're capable, that you're confident, that you can do the things without, you know, feeling like you're, you know, the big cheese. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, again, is taking ownership of who you are and how you want to be walking through the world. And that becomes a powerful, powerful place for you to exist
0: yeah. I I think we often all don't realize how subtle or small of a thing that we can think something is that we might say something flippantly but how that could impact the other person forever. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm stunned when I look back. You know, I had one teacher in second grade and you know, here I am. I still remember the moment where she was actually the very first teacher that that actually got me as a student. I was always this hyper kid in class, super restless, read everything really quickly, always got in trouble. And she was like, "Wait a minute, how'd you finish that book so fast?" And then she would test me and say, "Wow, you actually you 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 actually read it." And then she would, you know, eventually she gave me the entire bookmobile and said, "Look, you just go read all those and le- let us." Do what we're doing, and it was like Nirvana. You know, she actually figured out that hey, I just happen to read a lot faster, and and but that moment shaped me forever. And then I have moments where there are other like a coach said, hey, you're not very good at X, Y, Z, and then you know the rest of your life you run around saying I'm not good. <laughs> you know, and it's like that's right, that's right, and and so we allow other people to take the power
1: over us, and uh, a lot of what we've talked about today is. Taking your own power and yeah. not giving it away, and uh, that's that's a big piece right there. I see that too many times when we're giving up our power to other people, and I certainly did in my lifetime. Um, but once I realized that that I never wanted to do that because you're wasting your energy. You're wasting your. You're giving somebody else a, a huge slice of what you're all about. Yeah. You know. Um, so you know, we could definitely continue this. I mean, there's a whole lot I could follow up on what you just said, but I won't go there today.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, I love meeting you. Your your power, your superpower, is being fearless, and I see it. I you know, I hear it in in your words. I see it in your persona. Um, I know who I'm calling the next time I you know am feeling like I'm not there. I'm gonna reach out and say, okay, I need I need a I need some time to get myself. Uh, Superpower, uh, fearless ready, but how can people reach out and connect with you and, and work with you?
1: So you can find me at my website, the fearless factor at work, the fearless factor at work.com. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn um, under my name, Jacqueline Wales. Um, And that's really the two ways that that you can can find me. So take a look at my website. There's a whole bunch of resources and different things on there. And uh, if you're ready for some dramatic, fearless change in your life, contact me.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, It was great talking with you today.
1: My pleasure, Dan. Really, thank you.